terror, the fear. Will nobody think of the prophets? Will nobody think of the prophets? Yep. What do you know? It's the WWE back with one of their second string pay-per-views. And this time, it's got a second title. Extreme Rules. A horror show. Why a second title? Can they not sell it on its own? And what about that horror show? That could refer to the WWE watching figures for their two flagship shows, which are the lowest they have ever been. And yet the WWE has more money than they've ever had. Ain't capitalism great? Particularly when you can just get rid of talent. You can just get rid of backroom people. You can just get rid of production staff. Because things are tough in this COVID time. But they might get a bit tougher. Particularly when your new broadcasting pal and partner, Fox, might be asking you where those figures are going. So the WWE... Although they're pressing the panic button, it seems, regularly, aren't really doing what they need to get back. And this was an example of that. It's sold, of course, on the horrific, the terrifying, the disgusting eye-for-an-eye match, at which we are promised somebody will definitely lose an eye. Disgusted? You will be when you see the match. But let's start out with the intro. Which looked like an outtake from Saw 56. Lots of quick cutting. Lots of black and white images. Lots of supposed horror. That's great. But then when that segues into the performance centre, into all of the colours, a riot of colour, which resembles a club in the mid-80s, you might as well not bother. At least dress the place up to look a bit horrific. Don't rely on the matches to do that for you. I'll tell you what. Aren't the WWE pay-per-views quiet? Aren't they quiet? They're as quiet as the grave into which apparently the viewing figures have moved. They're very quiet in comparison to an AEW pay-per-view. Strange that. Maybe the plexiglass dampens the sound. Maybe the people out there just aren't as excited as what they, as they are for AEW, considering what AEW give us. WWE need to look at that. And one way to do that is to create matches we want to see. So let's see what they did here. First up, The New Day versus Nakamura and Cesaro. 
New Day represented by Big E and Cove Kingston. The stip for this, remember this is Extreme Rules, so I'd expect each match to have your stipulation. This is a tables match. And we're told by Michael Cole on commentary that this is a unique match. A tables match is so unique. Well, it probably was about 20 years ago. It might have been when ECW were destroying tables every day, every event, when Sabu was moving through a table with extreme regularity, but not now. You can set 15 tables up and we wouldn't be excited. So it's left to the people involved to do this. And as the other team involved, Arshinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, two wonderful wrestlers who have been underrepresented, that might be possible. And the WWE Universe, as they call themselves, even manage to make their mistakes work. Because what are Nakamura and Cesaro upset about? That they haven't been given a decent shake. And that's right. WWE haven't been giving them what they should be giving them. That's a mistake. But they can capitalise on that mistake by making it a tag team basis. One thing I was pleased to see here, Nakamura and Cesaro Cesaro won. They won the tag team belts. In what was an okay match. Some spots, nothing massive. At one point, Cole was saying, how many tables do they need? Well, it is a tables match. So, you know, they might well set up tables. There was a nice spear from Big E, knocking Cesaro off the apron. And eventually, a double table, double-decker table, was set up and Kingston went through onto the outside from the turnbuckle. It's a spot we've seen before. It's a spot that doesn't excite. But what was good was to leave Kingston sandwiched within the table while Cesaro and Nakamura did their bit with Cole, taking the belts to him, shouting at him, him weakly saying, congratulations. While they barked at him about being given an opportunity and then walked past Kingston, still folded up within that table. A solid opener, absolutely nothing special. And then, an advert. Now, I was watching this on WWE Network, and I have to say, I've never seen adverts for out for outward companies, not WWE adverts, showing on the network before. Is this new? Is this a new way to make money? If it was, I didn't enjoy it. And under something else I didn't really enjoy. Nikki Cross versus Bailey. I don't really get Nikki Cross. I understand the underdog nature. 
I understand the snapping at the anger. I understand all that. But if that's all you've got, then you need to find something else. Bailey, on the other hand, so much better since she turned heel. A real natural, arrogant heel. Doesn't have to push it. Really well done. A lot of people like her with, with, uh, with Sasha Banks. I understand that. Me, I can take it or leave it. She was here, of course. And this match was again forgettable. Not many high spots. Nothing, not many, not much memorable. One interesting moment when Cross had to wait for a long time on the turnbuckle for Bailey to actually get into position for her to execute a move. Lots and lots of shots of Sasha with one of those big Sir Mix-a-Lot rings that go right across the knuckles. Why? She handed it to Bailey, who smacked Cross with it for the win. They called it a knuckle duster. It was an interesting ripple, but nothing special. No stipulation here. No extreme rules. Bailey retains. She does her best. But it didn't really work. So into a Firefly Funhouse segment. And Bray can really do this. Bray Wyatt can really play this. We know this. And there was such excitement when The Fiend arrived. They really played it slow. They really let it unfold. That's good to see. So Bray can do it. Bray knows what he's doing. Bray can work this well. But because they've rushed The Fiend into matches, because we can see what The Fiend can do, he just seems like a mask, to be honest. In this segment, they took the mickey out of themselves. They wanted something horrifying. And what was queued up? The recent karaoke challenge. All that infra-dig stuff. Really worked for the WWE. Oh, yeah. Tell us how awful you are. And you can be awful all over again. It's egregious. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. This was a bore. And on to another bore. Another surprise. Another shock. I may have missed something and I need to have a look around this. Because I will, but we're told that Apollo Crews didn't, mass, didn't pass his pre-match physical. We'd expect there to be a swerve and we'd expect something to happen with the WWE. But he didn't. Baby big head Bobby Lashley was there, gurning, smiling, doing all that stuff. His much needed mouthpiece MVP, who I've liked since he arrived into the WWE again, was given the belt. I was waiting for someone's music to hit. I was waiting for Cruz to come out. I was waiting for something to happen. It didn't. MVP left with the belt. And that really 
It's what Moose has done recently with the TNA belt in Impact. You're doing what Impact are doing? Is that where you are with your booking, WWE? What a disappointment. But hang on, hang on, hold on. If that was a disappointment, we're here now with the match we've all come to see. A match that was midway through the card, which might tell you something. It's the Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins eye for an eye match. We're told it will be horrific. And when they have to do this, when they have to tell us someone's eye is going to be taken out, you know they need viewers. It's led to people speculating about what they're going to use. Will it be CGI? How will they do this? Well, let's see. Seth Rollins has superb heel heat. That turn was just right. And what has he got? Pliers. He brings the pliers. And there's a toolbox at ringside. This could be good. And these two can wrestle so well. Remember, Mysterio is out of contract. But Seth Rollins' partner, Becky Lynch, is pregnant, so he might want some time off. So who will win this? It's a 50-50, this. It's a pick'em. Who's going to lose that eye? Because they'll be scarred for life. Remember that. What the stipulation did, of course, was it meant that the match didn't matter. They could have gone 60 minutes back and forth, superb chain wrestling, high spots galore, and we wouldn't have been so bothered because we're waiting for the main event. We're waiting for when that eye comes out. And remember, it will be horrific. Well, the crowd weren't really into this. Seems that what they've been given as a chant is, you suck, Seth Rollins. Because that's all we had. That's all we had throughout this match. But then again, not much rhymes with Rollins, does it? They had a bit of a back and forth. But you know, as I just said, wasn't really that into the match. They can both do this, but I was waiting to see how they were going to do the eye. How did they do it? Rollins forced Ray's head onto the side of the steps, as it had been teased many times. And Ray covered up. He put his hand in the way so that the camera couldn't see it. Clearly that had been coached. Rollins approached him, then turned away in disgust. Samoa Joe on on commentary had to say, It's out! Just so we knew. Then, in quite a nice touch, actually, Rollins was sick. And then doctors, ENTs crowded round, and Mysterio walked to the back, covering his eye. 
this was rotten. When you sell something, with this will definitely happen. When you sell something with you're going to get to see gore, when you go sore on us, we expect to see it. When you sell the fear of the possibility, as Hitchcock did so often, and I'm talking about films because McMahon really wants to be seen, in my view, as legitimately in entertainment. When you sell it in a Hitchcockian way, think of what could happen. Think of the fear. This could actually happen. We don't expect to see the orbital bone cracked. We don't expect to see the fluid. We don't expect to see an eyeball bouncing around. But when you tell us this will be horrific, this will happen, we expect to see it. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of a match. And when you let that genie out of the bottle, when you actually say someone is going to have their leg broken, someone is going to be sliced and diced, something is definitely going to happen that will make you disgusted. Not the threat, even barbed wire matches, exploding time bomb matches. We've had all these kind of matches, scaffold matches. It's a tease as to what could happen. I don't necessarily expect to see a lot of blood, but I think I will. When you tell us this is definitely going to happen, we're definitely going to see someone hurt or maimed. You've let the genie out of the bottle. And you've done it for a match like this? Just to create some buy rates? That's disgusting. As Samoa Joe said on commentary, there's a special kind of evil out there tonight. Yeah. Capitalism. At least straight after the match, Bailey made it look like the stupidity it was. And now we need a match to make us feel better about wrestling. And if we do need that match, we need two good wrestlers. And we have them with Asuka and Sasha. Again, there's no stipulation. This is a plain match. This is extreme rules, remember. And the surprise here, your champion, Asuka, doesn't get the second entrance. But she makes a good one though, always does. She has a fantastic charisma and she manages that without the stick work, the English stick work. That is something very special. To get over without that, extraordinary. Really like Asuka's work. She's a little bit out there and it's something a bit different. Sasha, corporate heel, standard. Gets the second entrance. And I don't mind it. But it doesn't make me excited. 
Now, as I said, both of these are good wrestlers, particularly Asuka. And it's smooth. They trade holds. There's even an old school stunt puller from Sasha. Do you remember when um, Big Bully Busick used to do that? Where is Big, Big Bully Busick now? Always remember him walking down the aisle with his cigar and bursting a child's balloon, causing her to scream and cry. We don't get that kind of stuff anymore. That would be mild peril, I suppose. So great to see an old school stunt puller. What we do also see is not a buckle bomb, but a plexiglass bomb. So we can't have a buckle bomb anymore. That's been outlawed because it could really hurt you. But a plexiglass bomb, that was ballyhooed by announcers. So that's okay, is it? Double standards. But this did have passion. It did have great wrestling action. And there was a nice chain wrestling section towards the end when they um, when they traded near falls. Very nicely done. They can do this if they're allowed to do it. If they're given the time. This was a big bang pay-per-view without that much time for matches though. So it's not surprising. It ended when... Uh, Asuka blew the green mist into the referee's eyes who was out for the count and then a dusty finish the old dusty roads finish Bailey puts the ref's shirt on counts and takes the belt again I'm telling you something that Moose did in Impact recently is she the champion? I'm calling her the champion, but I'm not calling her the champion. Who cares? Clearly, this is not working. If that's all you can come up with, that's sad. Again, Samoa Joe got it right. Didn't mean to, but he got it right. This is a joke. And yeah, the joke's on us. And then they double down. By cutting to Caruso, who tells us that Ray's on his way to a local medical facility. Really? Well, I hope they've packed that eye in ice. Or is it just hanging out of the socket? Well, it can't be hanging, can it? Because he's got a mask on. So surely that would have kept the eye within the... Oh, never mind. It didn't actually happen, did it? Right, bring on the next match. Oh... Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler tells us he's been here for 15 years. 15 years! You don't get that for manslaughter. But the stipulation's interesting. Because Dolph Ziggler was allowed to make his own stipulation. And what is that stipulation? Or even stipulation? I don't mind. Extreme rules. I can see you shrugging and rolling your eyes right now. But a simple wrinkle changes things. Extreme rules for Dolph Ziggler. Normal rules for champion Drew McIntyre. Plus, 
McIntyre has to observe the DQ rule because if he gets DQ'd, if he gets disqualified, including being counted out, including being egregious outside of the ring, he will lose that belt. Now in McIntyre, you've got a great champion. If the WWE want a definite tweener champion, they've got one with McIntyre. He has the ability in the ring. He looks good. He's good on the stick. He has fantastic intensity. They just need to book him right. And up till now, they've been doing that. And that continued in this match because the little stipulation added some great ring psychology. So Ziggler could do what he liked outside of the ring. He could take his time. But McIntyre had to always get back in the ring. A fantastic moment where he makes it back in with, a, with just one count to spare. Causing Ziggler to shout, no! And later on, why won't you die? Good match. Considering the way that Ziggler works. He's okay. He's a cocky heel. He can do it in the ring. He can bring it sometimes. And there was a fantastic famouser uh, that he stuck on on McIntyre from the announce table. That was great. Also, another fun moment where McIntyre got on the table. He was placed on the table and he then had to inch slowly into the middle of the table so that Ziggler could drop an elbow on him from the turnbuckle. Very funny. But this was good. It had a bit of psychology. You know, that thing that people tend to like when they're watching wrestling WWE. That thing you might want to think about a little more. Not just saying someone's eye will be taken out. Or making a mini movie, which we'll come on to in a minute. In the end, McIntyre got the power, the strength, the testicular fortitude. To hit that Claymore and to get the win. Which we knew he would. And I think there were lots, including me, who thought, what's the point in watching a title match with Dolph Ziggler? What's the point? Well, here, the stipulation made it something special. And this was the best match of the night. But it didn't have that much competition. McIntyre remains strongly booked. He goes through hell, but comes through in the end. That's the champion you need. A champion is no good if he or she doesn't have something to fight against. At the moment, that's what they're doing with McIntyre. Remember, Austin was a great champion because he had McMahon to fight against. The Rock was a great character, but we don't really remember him as a champion too much because he didn't have anything to really fight against. McIntyre 
has something to fight against. He comes through against adversity and long may that continue. And so, to the main event of the night. Wyatt versus Strawman, as I'll call him. I love the way that Strowman is a big bloke and a charisma black hole. I also love the way you can tell he's not quite sure of himself. And the WWE kind of played into that here. It happened as part of what they were doing. They didn't intend it, but that worked. In what was the Swamp Match, another filmed vignette, and remember, lockdown has allowed this to happen. They have the production capability, and Vince, in my view, has always wanted to be an entertainment legitimacy. He's always wanted to be. I'm in films. I'm in proper, inverted commas, sports. I'm a proper businessman. Something which doesn't smell of wrestling. And that's what he wanted to do here. It was a mess. They arrived at the swamp. The Wyatt compound. They have history, of course. In that family. But you know what? The cutting was too quick with any action. And there was very little action. And it was just filmed too dark. I watched it on my tablet. I walked around the room. I went to the window to get more light. And I still couldn't see it. And those cuts are too quick. A load of jump cuts a horror movie does not make. That Strowman fear that I spoke of, the way I feel that he's not sure of himself, that fed into the moment when he saw himself fighting himself. Never was a truer existential moment mentioned in a wrestling pay-per-view but you didn't intend that did you WWE and then we had a long moment of chat where Strowman was tied to a chair and Wyatt was doing was cutting a promo on him simply cutting a promo rambling about the history and how he can help him how he didn't want to hurt him but he had to hurt him all that stuff we've heard before and again and again and again Strowman beat up some guys, which wasn't wrestling. It was fight direction. It was filmic fight direction. And the guys were set on fire, stunt work, filmic stunt work. We need to have some vestige of wrestling or else there's no point. Bray was sent out onto the swamp in a boat. Couldn't see where he went. Too dark. Came back, boat was empty. Bray then pulled Strowman into the swamp. They fought in the swamp. They fought in a swamp. In a dirty, 
horrible, smelly, apparently crocodile filled, although there were just some shots of a crocodile going into a swamp and swimming about a bit. But they, they fought in a dirty, germ-ridden swamp in the middle of a pandemic when a dirty, germ-ridden virus is killing people. Well done, WWE. Well done. We all expected the Fiend to return. And he didn't. And he didn't. And Bray came back. And they fought. And Bray came back. And eventually, in the last 30 seconds, the Fiend emerged from the swamp. And we ended with Let Me In. What does it matter? The WWE killed those characters ages ago. Through over-familiarity, through rushing, through poor booking decisions. This was a pot boiler. It had no fun. It had very little... um, eeriness it had almost no action it was a bust from start to finish so it sounds like I didn't enjoy this pay-per-view and you'd be right why would you buy it to see Apollo Crews see if Bailey and Banks could become double champions For Cesaro? No. You wouldn't buy it for that. You'd buy it for the overly filmic swamp match. And you'd mainly buy it to see either Seth Rollins or Rey Mysterio's eye bouncing across the floor. That's what we were sold. That's not what we got. And it follows on from a pretty good NXT Great American Bash strangely enough on the same night as Fighter Fest same nights as Fighter Fest but how dare you say that was booked like that WWE always intended to book that they intended to book that even when it was a WCW event Vince McMahon Sr. wanted to book that on those two nights yeah but it follows from a fairly ordinary NXT pay-per-view. And next we've got SummerSlam. Without a crowd. One of their big four of the year. This has got to be good. Because although they're not worried about sales yet. AEW's wrestling product at the moment seems vastly superior and Fox are going to look at that and investors are going to look at that and fans are going to look at that and they are going to cause WWE some trouble in the next 12 months Have a thought about this, WWE. 
give us some exciting matches. How about you try some wrestling? How about you try some booking? How about you try what brought you to the table? Wouldn't that be interesting? Until you do that, you'll struggle. Extreme rules, extremely boring. See you next time. Thank you.